And now, God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together be acceptable and pleasing to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, never in all the world has there been a more faithful fan than my nephew Blake and his undying devotion to basketball legend LeBron the King James. At the age of 10, Blake started watching YouTube clips of LeBron playing, and he instantly fell in love with basketball and LeBron. And at the age of 11, our family was on vacation in Florida at Disney World when LeBron and the Cavaliers lost to the Golden State Warriors in Game 6 of the NBA championship. And Blake was inconsolable. And for that night and most of the next day, Disney World was not the happiest place on earth. And at the age of 15, our family traveled to Indianapolis, Indiana for a basketball tournament. And there was a rumor that LeBron James would be there in person watching his 15-year-old son, Bronny James, play ball. And so Blake's coaches worked together to get the boys and the parents and families in to see LeBron. So on one Saturday afternoon, the boys' van pulled up, full of hope and dreams and middle school body smells, and into the arena they went. And a few moments later, the families joined, and it took only one second for us to determine which court Bronny James was playing on because it was encircled with a sea of people. So I walked over to the spectators looking for my nephew, Blake, and I spotted him standing on the top row of bleachers, and his gaze was fixed across the court in the corner. And so I followed his gaze, and there he was, the king, standing in the corner, coaching from the sidelines like any good parent, except one with actual basketball skills. And it was impressive. These are a couple of the photos that Blake took that day of LeBron. We actually saw him twice that day because we stalked his Suburban like any normal person would do and followed him to another arena. But here is the photo that I took, a photo of my nephew there in the middle in the blue hoodie, craning his neck along with his teammates, finally able to see what he had long dreamed and hoped for. I don't remember taking any pictures of LeBron what I had waited expectantly for that day was seeing Blake's joy at seeing his hero in person. And I wasn't disappointed. At one moment, we looked at each other and exchanged eye glances and a huge smile. No words were needed. He was pumped. There are so many things in this world that we look forward to. We eagerly await significant moments in life like first loves and career accomplishments and graduations. We hope and look forward to our first homes and children and, of course, grandchildren. The seasons of life are filled with moments that we enjoy and then the moments that we hope for to come next. And these hopes, as wonderful as they are, pale in comparison to the hope that we have in Jesus. The hope that Paul tells us about in the scripture reading this morning. The dream of all creation as we crane our necks and wait with expectation for what is to come. 
Our scripture today and throughout this sermon series on broken comes from a letter Paul writes to a people that he didn't know, he had not met, to a small group of Christ followers that were living and struggling in Rome. It was now about two decades since Jesus' life and ministry, his death and resurrection, and his ascension. And his message of good news was spreading through the empire. Yet this people lived at the heart of a hostile government with a paranoid and oppressive emperor who would soon torture and persecute Christians. This community of believers was incredibly diverse, if you can imagine a community like that from all sorts of backgrounds and religions and ethnicities and socioeconomic statuses. And they lived in a deeply segregated system, and so they were trying to figure out and weren't always sure how to interact and cooperate with one another. And despite the good news and the miraculous work of Jesus and that story that was being spread throughout the area, suffering was still happening. They saw and they experienced pain and suffering and wondered why Christ's life and message had not changed anything yet. Perhaps they even wondered if the suffering was evidence that their faith was worthless, that what Jesus had said wasn't true and that there was no answering or end to suffering. So Paul wrote this beautiful, powerful letter to them, this message of hope and assurance to help them make it through tough times. People like us. This week on Thursday and Friday, this sanctuary was full of hurting and broken people gathered to say goodbye to a life too young, lost too soon. Maybe some of you were among those people. Maybe you are experiencing your own brokenness and hurt today. These experiences that we have, we need words of hope to guide us through them. We need the words of of Romans today to say that our faith is not worthless or in vain. We need to set our eyes on King Jesus across the way and remember who he is and what is true. Paul spends the first seven chapters of Romans talking about sin, how it separates, how our sin separates us from God, and how we need to be justified or made right by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus in order to have peace with God. Our sinful choices contribute to the suffering in the world, and like the Roman Christians, it can be discouraging, and it can be overwhelming to feel like brokenness and suffering always wins the day. And I've heard this often from people who wring their hands in worry or throw up their hands in despair or activists the world or an individual is beyond redemption. Friends, we are not the first or the last to feel defeated by brokenness in us and around us. But let us not be the last to long for the day when that will no longer be the case or to work and join Christ as we do now to work towards that end. Paul tells the Romans that all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. God has adopted us as God's children. And as God's children, we stand to inherit the richness and abundance that God has in store. A new world 
established in God's love and justice and abundance for all creation. And by living in the spirit and the ways of God, we begin to experience that now, even though it's not in its fullness yet. But this inheritance, as God's children, does not come easily. And the brokenness of the world will not heal overnight. You know, Paul compares this time of struggling for change to labor pains during childbirth. I think that's a bold and dangerous comparison for any man to make, don't you? I've never given birth, but I've had the honor and joy of being present and in the room for three births. And each one made me fully aware that I know nothing about what it feels like to have a child. The movies and eighth grade health class did not prepare me for that experience nor the pain that my sister and my best friend experienced as they labored to bring a child into this world. And not just during that time of laboring, but for the nine months prior, with all the suffering and struggling that happens as their body houses this life and prepares to bring it into the world. Yet the suffering and the struggle has a purpose, and it holds the hope of a new life the birth of a new reality. I often read John 16, 20 through 22 at funerals. John, Jesus is speaking with his closest friends in the upper room the night he's to be betrayed, and he knows what is ahead for him and for them as they grieve, and he gives them words of encouragement. And he says this to them and to us, very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn, but the world will rejoice. You will have pain, but your pain will turn into joy. When a woman is in labor, she has pain because her hour has come. But when her child is born, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy of having brought a human being into the world. So you have pain now but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take that joy from you. So we have pain now, but Jesus says, you will see me again. I have overcome the world. Paul says that part of the reason that all of creation, all of it is groaning, is because we have glimpsed a new reality of how the world could be, and yet we labor in the world that is. We have tasted because of Jesus, what he calls the first fruits of the Spirit, a world where all people are welcomed and loved as they are, where oppressors are cast down and the lowly are lifted up, where God's table is open to all and there is food enough to share. The saving work of Jesus and the guiding work of the Holy Spirit in us has given us a taste of what is possible, of what God intends and dreams for us, and we're left unsatisfied by the brokenness in us and around us. Even for those that are far from the Lord, they recognize, especially when they're in suffering and when it's the greatest, that this is not how life is supposed to be. For we are made in the image of God. No matter how far we run, we can never change whose we are and what we were meant for. You are God's child. 
and nothing will ever be right until you come home to and make peace with God. Paul says the whole creation is groaning. All are longing for a time when God's mission will be accomplished, when all of creation is redeemed. We can all hear the labor pains in our world, our communities and our families, the groans of societal and political division and the work to find a just and common good, the groans of a climate as our created world groans in its suffering, the groans of people near and far for the basic needs of life like food and shelter and safety, the groans of people going through the motions and facades of life, carrying heavy burdens and unsure how or if they can ever lay them down. We feel it for the world, these groans. We feel it for ourselves. What we all want is redemption. What we all want is for God to put it all back again, to heal everything, to set it right, to bring in a new world. We wait for that transformation, but we're also invited to be a part of making that new world possible here as much as we can this side of heaven. Seeing LeBron in person was something Blake hoped for one day. Even though he had seen videos of him, there was something different. There is something different for all of us when you're in the very presence of someone that you look up to. He had all that he nearly hoped from that event, minus maybe a photo with him and a little one-on-one. -on -one. Every kid can dream. But eventually, Blake had to return to his own game. But I imagine the next time he set out on the court, he envisioned LeBron in the corner, coaching and cheering him on like he did his own son. And that inspired him to play better. We've been given a vision. It makes waiting hard and painful. And yet the hope of what is promised and what is to come inspires us to keep working to bring the kingdom of God to Jefferson City and the world. We keep working, hoping toward that, praying toward that, craning our necks in expectation and wonder for what is ahead. This illustration is titled Anticipation from the Ukrainian illustrator Irenas Yurchuk. In the background is the current reality of Ukraine, the devastation and destruction due to war. It is the brokenness that their eyes see right now. But in the foreground is the remembrance of what was and the hope of what will be once again. It is the result of a heart seeing what eyes cannot right now. Just as the broken body of Jesus Christ was resurrected, our broken world will be restored and healed. We know it's not here yet. We can see the God's kingdom hasn't come, but in our hearts, we can see what our eyes don't. We can see what our lives could be like if we allowed God's love to lead us. We can see what our city and world would look like if God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we keep on working, friends. 
laboring, groaning, and hoping and believing someday for a new creation. We work for it. We hope for it. We pray for it. We see King Jesus and what is possible. And now we get off the bleachers and we get in the game to make our world and our lives as much like God's dream as possible until all creation is restored and redeemed.